Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Traveling Pulpit. I am Vernon Sheridan, the man with the unscripted voice, and I want to thank you for joining me on today. Well, you know, today is the day that the Lord has made, and we should all be glad and rejoice in it. I know I am. How about you? Well, Traveling Pulpit family, I want to thank you for allowing me to come and just spend a few minutes with you in the Word of God, the Word of life, and I want to speak that life into you today. I want you to find me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you name it, social media wise, LinkedIn, uh, even TikTok at TPM0116. I want you to find me. I want you to email me travelingpulpit at gmail.com. Let's get together. Check out the website travelingpulpitministries.com. Check out the new blog that has just been written. A lie is the truth with many words. And and let me know what you think. You know, traveling pulpit family, I wanna I wanna do a thing, do something a little different today. I wanna open with a story. And the story will lead us into the word of the day. And I'll only spend a few minutes in, in the word and, and in the story, but my story comes from my childhood. When I when I was a little boy growing up in Baltimore, Maryland, grandma was a scratch cooker and she made everything, pies, cakes, she made it from scratch. And one day as a child, it was about Thanksgiving, she was making her pies and she had planned to make sweet potato, uh, egg custard, coconut custard, apple, cherry, and a couple of cakes, pound cake, uh, lemon loaf cake. And so she, she began by using her flour, you know, that, that she would use. And she had this metal can. It looked like a big coffee can that had a handle with a metal, uh, uh, piece where you squeeze and a little fan up under it. And it, and on, on the, on the inside was a very fine layer of, uh, film or, or, or mesh and, or, or a wire, you know, wire, wire mesh. And she poured a whole bunch of flour in there and she put it over this bowl and she began to squeeze the handle and the little fan began to rotate and the flour began to fall. And I'm and I stood there and I watched her do this and I said, Grandma, why are you doing that? And she said, Grandma has to sift the flour to get the good flour separated from the bad flour. And I said, Oh, okay, Grandma. So when you finish doing that, you get all the good flour into the bowl. What do you do to the f- old flour or the bad flour that doesn't make it down into the bowl? She said, Baby, I throw that out. And I said, Oh, okay. So from that, grandma would make her cakes and pies and, you know, and, and, and her homemade cooking from scratch. And that traveling pulpit family, it brings me to this. Watching my grandmother in her kitchen as a child growing up, watching her sift that wheat, the good from the bad. We in this generation are now being sifted, the believer from the non-believer. Because if you really pay attention on surface level, we all look alike. We all can call on the name of the Lord. We all can say Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. We can all say that God is good and that Christ is king. We can all say that. But do we all mean that? And by meaning that, I mean, do we all live that? You see, sometimes there are people who can say and can act very well. 
This is why it is called Hollywood, because there is nothing of of substance in the wood that would make it any type of uh, there, there. There is no solidity in a place called Holly because there is nothing in it that can sustain it over a long period of time, which is why uh, people in Hollywood, some do very well, some do very bad. But enough about that. I want to talk about those that are being sifted. You see, this is the process in which we find out who is on the Lord's side and who is on the world's side. As my grandmother took the flour and sifted the good and threw out the bad, so are we now being sifted to, to, uh, from the good to the bad. And what the Lord is doing, he is allowing the devil to sift us, to find out what side we're standing on. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, or you can read along and then look through your Bible later, go with me to Luke 22 and the uh, 31st chapter, 31st verse, I'm sorry, Luke 22 and 31. And let's look at what it is to be sifted. You see, Jesus is about to go into the the trial. He's about to go into uh, uh, being persecuted for our sins. And he is having a conversation with the head disciple or the unspoken head of the disciples, Peter. And here is what he tells him in verse 31. He says, Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. You see, Jesus is at the right hand of the father right now. The Messiah is at the right hand of the father as I'm speaking to you right now. And he is making a supplication for your life. If you are a believer in Christ, the Messiah, if you are a believer in his birth, his death and his resurrection and his and his next coming. If you are a believer in that the Messiah, the Christ is on us on the side of the right hand of the father as I speak. And he is making supplication for your soul. It is so important, traveling pulpit family, that you not only hear this, but you Share this because this is the message of the cross. This is salvation in, in, at, at work in your life right now. It is time to get stirred up for the power of the Holy Spirit that is, that resides inside of you. It is time to get stirred up. It is time to get ready because the devil has demanded that he sift you like wheat. So Jesus tells Peter, And he speaks life into him, which is why I said early on, I want to speak life into you. He says that I have prayed for you, meaning that Jesus knows that Peter is going to come back to his brothers, but he has to ensure Peter that he has prayed for him so Peter can have that strength when he goes into the test. So he can have that knowledge that Jesus is on his side. And I'm telling you, traveling pulpit, I'm praying for you because Jesus is on your side. 
I cannot do these things if I do not know these things are possible. And if I do not believe these things are capable of happening in your life, I am praying for you, traveling pulpit family. Jesus is at the right hand of the father as I speak, making supplication on your behalf. But Peter, being Peter, being Peter, being the, 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 the unspoken leader of the disciples, having the ability to always know how to put his foot in his mouth. He comes back and says in verse 33, Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. It is a powerful statement. It is a very powerful statement, but do not people in our world today, make powerful statements that get the crowd going, that get people going, uh, uh, getting them excited and make them go woo and wow, you know, giving them great inspiration of speech. But that's what I mean by hollow. There is nothing in that in that phrase that Peter had just spoken. He was speaking something that he thought the Lord wanted to hear. But I'm not telling you anything I think you want to hear. I'm telling you something that is going to save your soul. This is not something that I am wasting my breath on traveling pulpit family. And I pray that what I'm saying is not falling on deaf ears traveling pulpit family. Because you are so important to me that this word will, it will cost me everything. But you know what? I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. If it means that one person listening to this message will receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, then the Lord has done a good work in me. And I pray that that one person who hears this message will share this message. Because I'm not afraid to lose everything in the name of the Lord. Because if I lose everything in the name of the Lord, then I gain everything in the Lord's name. Everything I gain in his name because it was all created for him by him and for him. It was created for. But Jesus tells Peter in 34 verse 34, Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times that you know me. See, sometimes again, there are preachers, speakers, Pastors, teachers, you name it. They want to say things in a motivational way to try and separate you from something that you hold so dear to your life. And it's not your soul traveling pulpit family. It's your money. These people go out of their way to tell you things that they think you want to hear. And in return, they're asking you to make a donation or, or, or give, give a tithe, give a seed offering. They're, they're asking for something from you. Traveling pulpit family, I do not want anything from you. I want you to give it to the Lord. I want you to give your life to Christ. That is payment in full. I want you to give your life to Christ because your life is worth saving. So anyone who hears this message, the one person, two people, three people who hear this message, I pray that you will share this message because this message is worth saving your soul over. Jesus, the Messiah, is the son of Yahweh, the creator. 
almighty God. And Jesus, being the son, reminds us over in John, the fifth chapter and 19th verse, he says these words. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing on his own, can do nothing on his own accord. I'm sorry, but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does, the son does likewise for the father loves the son and shown him all that he himself is doing and greater works than these will be shown to him so that you may be marveled. Jesus is the son of God and he purposely does things that he saw or sees his father doing. What does he see or have or have seen his father doing? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Genesis four and seven real quick. And let's look at what the son saw the father doing. As Jesus, the Messiah, told Peter that Satan desired to sift him as wheat, as in having him trying his faith. The father in Genesis uh, chapter four and verse seven told these words to Cain. If you do well, will you not be accepted? Talking about his offering that 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 soft pitiful offering that Cain gave to gave to the Lord when the Lord desired and called for an offering to be brought to them. Abel brought the fattest, 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 fat calves that he sacrificed unto the Lord where Abel grabbed uh, whatever was in the ground. He lifted it up and brought him uh, fruits and vegetables and things of that nature, things that were not uh, required or what the Lord was asking for. The Lord was asking for a blood sacrifice. And so Abel, because he was rejected, became angry and bitter with God. And so the Lord told Cain. So Cain, yeah, Cain uh, was bitter and angry with, with the Lord. And so the Lord told Cain that if you do well, will you not be accepted? And he said these words, if you do, if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Well, we know how that turned out because Cain later on went and killed his brother, which being the first murder, which meant that the murder rate hit 100% and it has never fallen below that mark. And it will never fall below that mark so long as we are in the world and sin remains a part of this world, the murder rate will never go lower than 100%. But Jesus is talking to Peter over in Luke 22. Let me go back to it. I lost my place. He's talking to Luke. He's talking to Peter in Luke 22. I'm sorry. And he wants Peter to know that the, that the devil wants to sift him as wheat. But he has told him that he has prayed for him so that when he returns, that he will strengthen his brothers. Peter went on later to actually deny the Messiah three times and then the cock crowed. But what happened was, like with Judas, Peter didn't run away and hang himself. 
or attempt suicide. That story is still out there to be mauled over. But we know that Peter came back. Peter came back. He restored his brothers. He was strengthened by the Messiah, by the Christ. And he continued to be the unspoken leader of the disciples. To which on the third day morning, after Mary Magdalene came from the tomb, running and crying, telling Peter and John, they without hesitation ran to the tomb. And this is where it gets, it gets where you see the unspoken leadership of Peter. John actually gets to the tomb first and he stops and waits for Peter to go in before he goes in. Not that Peter was older or anything like that, but Peter was the chosen unspoken leader. So John outran him, but Peter was the first one to go in. And when John went in to investigate, it was what John saw that made him believe. And then he went and turned and told his brothers. What was it that John saw? Let's go over to Genesis chapter 20. Genesis chapter 20. And let's go at 20, 20 and, and six, John chapter 20 and verse six. Then Peter came following him and went into the tomb. As I said, Peter went in first. He saw the linen cloths laying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus's head, lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, whom if you read the book of John, John refers to himself as the other disciple whom Jesus loved. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and saw and believed, but he didn't go in until after Peter went in. But what did John see? John saw the face wrap that was laying on Jesus's face. What that meant. What that meant is when the old Hebrew um, uh, scripture tells when the master of the house was at the dinner table, the servants stood nearby to let the master eat his meal. When the master was finished with his meal, he would clean himself and lay his napkin over his plate, letting the servant know that the master was done because the master would then get up and leave the table and not return, which let the servant know that the master wasn't coming back to the table. However, if the master got up, but did not clean himself, but fold his napkin and lay it to a, to the side of his plate and get up and walk away, that let the servant know that the master was coming back to the table to finish his meal. And what John saw when he walked into the tomb was the face cloth neatly folded next to the linen cloth that laid on Jesus's head. And John knew that the master is coming back for the feast. So traveling pulpit family, are you ready? 
Are you ready for the master's return so that we can enjoy the feast with him? Because he is not finished the meal. He is gone out to prepare a place for us that where he is, so we will be also. Are you ready, traveling pulpit family? Are you ready for this traveling pulpit family? You know, this world cannot withstand us being here. It cannot do anything with us being here. The plans that the world has, the plans that the world want to implement, these things cannot be done with, with us here. But the Lord Jesus did say, take heart in this world. You will have trial and tribulation, but I have overcome the world. Meaning that he is on the right hand of the father in supplication for us. He is praying for us that we will not fail, that we will not falter, that we will not succumb to the temptation and the threats that are made in this world. Traveling pulpit family, I'm praying for you and I'm calling you out and I want you to to respond. Traveling pulpit family, reach out to me at uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, I, I, I post them. I post on all social medias. And I want you to reach out to me. The website is www.travelingpulpitministries.com. You can reach out to me there. You can also reach out to me at travelingpulpit at gmail.com. Traveling Pulpit family, I thank you once again for allowing me just to come and spend a few moments with you in the word of life, in the word of salvation. How you get this salvation is so simple. Romans, Romans 10, 9 makes it so plain that all you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. That's the first step. The second step is to get with, you know, Jesus called the church he said the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And the way the world is now, you know, people, the building called the church is no longer the place where you can turn to anymore. I have started a Zoom that I'm going to be launching on uh, March the 28th, and I'm going to put my address out there on social media so that when it goes out, you can be a part of this. Because if you don't have anyone that you can turn to after you make this, this confession of faith, it is very important that you have someone who is in the faith, who is a strong believer. Because you are a new babe and you need protection. You need someone to be there with you to, to, to help you through the challenges. Because this is the beginning stages of your salvation. This is what makes the devil go crazy and makes him come after you even more with everything he has. But I promise you, when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you being saved, you have a multitude of saints standing by to protect you with everything they have. And if you believe in your heart, 
And if you confess with your mouth and you have it and you have it believed in your heart, I, I, I invite you to reach out to me at the traveling pulpit. Uh, if you don't have someone in your life that you can turn to the traveling pulpit ministries.com is where you can turn traveling pulpit at gmail.com is where you can turn Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, LinkedIn, traveling pulpit ministries at LinkedIn. Also on TikTok at TPM 0116. Reach out there. Reach out to someone who is in the word. And find your strength in them because that is the person whom the Lord has strengthened to be in your life. If it's not me, if it's not someone in your inner circle, please. The time is now. The devil is not playing any games with anyone, but neither is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's sifting. He, the, the, the devil is sifting us because the Lord is allowing him to sift us because he wants to know who's on the Lord's side and those who are on the Lord's side, let them come. And those who are on the world's side, let them go. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Thank you again, traveling pulpit family. I look forward to doing this with you on next week. I hope that there will be a time uh, set aside where I can post the uh, information for uh, traveling pulpit on zoom. And I look forward to talking with you soon. I hope sooner than later. I love you traveling pulpit family. I will talk to you again on uh, next Saturday if the Lord is willing. And just remember that I love you and I do not waste words when I say that. Goodbye for now.